McShane Bible Study Day 352 and 353, and we're starting in 2 Chronicles chapters 21 to 23. And we get a couple really bad kings, right? And we, we get a king that goes and kills all his brothers. So he's already king. He doesn't need to do this. There's no, it's just completely evil. But he does it. Uh, Elijah sends him a letter saying, you're, you know, you're, you're now cursed for not walking in the ways of the Lord, for doing all this evil. And so he says, you're going to have a disease of your bowels. So he ends up dying a horrible death. And also there's other armies coming and, and conquering. Um, they're losing territory. And uh, Ahaziah becomes king. He's terrible. Um, and he... He's, you know, aligned, of course, through family and by decision with Israel. And so they go about and he ends up falling through uh, Jehu, right? When Jehu cleanses Israel, he's, he falls in that. And then we have his mother takes over as, king, as queen and she's evil and she kills all her grandkids. Except one is, uh, so this is Athalia, and one... Um, well, one, I guess, granddaughter takes her little brother, Joash, and hides him away. And uh, he's a little kid, six years old. Or no, no, he, they hide him for six years. Mm-hmm. What, what age does he become king? So after, after six years of hiding him, they, the priest, I, I highlighted this part. I think it's a really cool picture. We've been talking about this a lot lately. Because it's in the scriptures a lot, and mm-hmm. it's a it's a good picture uh, for our current times. But so you have an evil queen ruling God's kingdom, mm-hmm. right? And there's all these horrible things that God does not want as, as a part of His kingdom or for His people, but it's going on. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, this this daughter hiding away a king, mm-hmm. kind of a true church, right? Uh, that, and he's hidden away, mm-hmm. right? And then he comes out and he's presented, right? And God refreshes his kingdom and makes his people holy again or purified, mm-hmm. right? Uh, let's mm-hmm. read, uh, this is uh, chapter 23, verse 3 and on. And all the assembly made a covenant with the king in the house of God. And Jehoiada said to them, Behold, the king's son, let him reign as the Lord spoke concerning the sons of David. So now we have the high priest saying, Let him reign as the sons of David. So it's also kind of a cool picture. You know, David's very often this Christ-like picture. And they're always talking about the sons of David, right? It's like many sons of God. For... This is the thing that you shall do of you priests and Levites who come off duty on the Sabbath. One third shall be gatekeepers and one third shall be at the king's house and one third at the gate of the foundation. And all the people shall be in the courts of the house of the Lord. Let no one enter the house of the Lord except the priests and ministering Levites. They may enter for they're holy, but all the people shall keep the charge of the Lord. So there, and then it goes on to talk about how they're protecting them and, we, we have basically a, a purified house of God, a purified people, the order of God being reestablished, his anointed ones established to represent him, to, to lead the people, right? Mm-hmm. It's a cool picture, isn't it? 
And then we move to Revelation chapters 9 and 10. And uh, we see 9 starts with the fifth angel blowing his trumpet. And we see a bottomless pit, an angel coming down and opening up this pit. And these, uh, they're, they're called, they have the power of scorpions, but they were like locusts, right? They're, they're, you know, these horrible creatures and they go around stinging and hurting people, right? Verse 4 says, they were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any green plant or any tree, but only those people who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. So we have a distinguishment between the people of God and other people. And, and it goes through, this is, you know, this destroyer is the one who can bring them out. And um, it, it, the whole chapter kind of goes on about it. And we talk about these these different plagues. Um by these three plagues, a third of man... I guess he's hes talking about the other plagues that we've also read about. A third of mankind is killed. Um, but then, look, did, the, did it work? Remember the, mm-hmm. the, the many plagues of Egypt? Mm-hmm. You would think after one or two, mm-hmm. the king would have changed his heart, right? But he didn't have a heart that could be changed. And so it took all these plagues. Well, you have the same thing here, 20... The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, nor give up worshiping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood, which cannot see or hear or walk. So you see the people just not wanting to go God's way. And so we see, you know, more stuff. Chapter 10, another mighty angel coming down. Um, He's got a scroll also. And then... He speaks out with a loud voice like a lion roaring, like seven thunders sounding. For And when the seven thunders had sounded, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven saying, Seal up what the seven thunders have said, and do not write it down. So just like Daniel, John is shown things, but he said those aren't to be written down. Those are either to be revealed to people, at certain times, or just to be experienced in real times, but they are not to be written down for now. But they were written down. He wrote down a lot of things, but he didn't write that down. Whatever, whatever he heard, he didn't write that down. Oh, he wrote down what talking about the angel, but not what the angel said. Right. Seven. But that in the days of the trumpet call to be sounded by the seventh angel, the mystery of God would be fulfilled, just as he announced to his servants, the prophets. So he says this mystery, Paul talks a lot about this mystery, right? Mm-hmm. This mystery being revealed, this mystery of God and his purposes we talk a lot about, right? Mm-hmm. And so he says that these times, these things would actually come to be understood and come to fulfillment. Next is Zechariah, chapters 5 and 6, and it's pretty wild stuff, huh? Mm-hmm. So we see Zechariah sees a giant flying scroll. It's, uh, what, 30 feet long and 15 feet wide. Um, and then he says to me, this is the angel speaking, This is the curse that goes out over the face of the whole land, for everyone who steals shall be cleaned out according to what is on one side, and everyone who swears falsely shall be cleaned out according to what is on the other side. And he goes on, just 
basically saying this is this is destruction on all those who do not walk in the ways of the Lord, right? So very similar to what we were just reading in Revelation. And then we see this is this one really caught my attention, similar to what we were just talking about. Um he goes on, starting in five. Then the angel who talked with me came forward and said to me, lift your eyes and see what this is that is going out. And I said, what is it? He said, this is the basket that is going out. And he said, this is their iniquity in all the land. So there's in, iniquity in all the land in this basket. What bat- does iniquity mean? Uh, evil, falling short, going astray. Uh Seven, and behold, the leaden cover was lifted, and there was a what in the basket? Um, a woman. A woman. So we just talked about that, right? This woman. This false church, mm-hmm. right? This, so interesting, right? Um, so we just talked about that picture of uh, Athalia in uh, Chronicles, right? Mm-hmm. We know we're getting closer to seeing that picture in Revelation. And then we see this woman in the basket. And he said, this is wickedness. And he thrust her back into the basket and thrust down the leaden weight on his opening. And then we, and then they, they take her away and they're going to put her somewhere else in Shiner. And uh, in chapter 6, we see a vision of four chariots. So four strong chariots, each with horses of different colors. And Zechariah says, what are these, my lord? Five, and the angel answered and said to me, these are going out to the four winds of heaven after presenting themselves before the Lord of all the earth. So I just found that interesting. We just read recently in Revelation, the angels on the different four corners of the earth, right? We have the same thing here with angels with the chariots and their horses going. Um, So kind of establishing the purposes of God, right? And, And the judgment, the presence of God, the purposes of God closeness of God, right? Um, the season. And then we see a crown. This is starting in verse 11. Take from them silver and gold and make a crown and set it on the head of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Wait a minute. Do priests wear crowns? No. No. A priest is supposed to be a priest and a king a king, right? Those were always separate. Right? But here we have God through this angel saying to Zechariah, Joshua, that's pretty clear. I just told you the other day, that's the same name as Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty clear reference <laughs> to him, right? He's the high priest at this time. He says, put a crown on him. This couldn't be a more clear picture of Jesus, right? Or also, what is, what is that? What, did, what is... Jesus introduced the order of Melchizedek, right? An order of those. Melchizedek was a priest and a king. He wasn't under Mosaic law. Mosaic law didn't exist yet. He was a priest of God Most High, and he was a king of Salem, right? King of righteousness and peace, right? And so we have the same picture here in Zechariah. 12, and say to him, thus says the Lord of hosts, behold, the man whose name is the branch, for he shall branch out from his place and he shall build the temple of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Right? So we see what is the temple of the Lord today? 
This is clearly end time stuff, right? They, they, he lived in a time when there was a high priest named Joshua, and so he probably went and did these things. But this is all a picture of greater things, right? The temple is God's people, right? Uh-huh. 13, it is he who shall build the temple of the Lord and shall bear royal honor and shall sit and rule on his throne. And there shall be a priest on his throne and the council of peace shall be between them both. Right? 15. And those who are far off shall come and help to build the temple. Mm -hmm. Right? Those who are far off. This is what we're called to be, to to do, right? Who are far off shall come and help to build the temple of the Lord. And you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. And this shall come to pass if you will diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. Mm-hmm. It's always God's covenant promise, right? Walk in my ways and I will bless you. We will, I will transform this world into my kingdom. All right, that, that was both chapters, right? All right, and we are finishing up with Psalms 129 through 134. And I'm not going to comment on most of them. I think there were a couple that stood out to me. And those were 131. Uh, Yeah, most of these are short. Okay, I'll read the whole thing. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. So this is David. This is such a good, like, I I need this. Mm -hmm. I think this is a really important thing for everyone. Right? Because the enemy, this is the, this is... This is the battleground between us allowing God to rule our life and the enemy. Okay? This is where he works, in our soul. Okay? And he's constantly trying to get us to be obsessed with different things. Mm-hmm. These are the idols of our heart, right? Mm-hmm. And he's, David says, Oh Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. He says, if things are beyond me, I don't spend my time worrying about them. Mm-hmm. Right? That's a very unusual thing. That's, mm-hmm. that's a great thing. He says, too, but I have calmed and quieted my soul. You know, he says elsewhere, bless the Lord, O my soul. Right? Mm-hmm. So, He's saying, I'm training my soul to be quiet, to stop being agitated by all the, or excited, agitated or excited, either one, by things in the world. Instead, I'm training my soul to be calm and quiet and bless the Lord. You highlighted the whole thing. I highlighted the whole thing, all three verses. But I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. So I, it's funny I come across this. This is, uh, I just, I think Derek Prince just talked about this in the one I referenced yesterday. Um, if a child's not weaned, it, it cries for, uh, it cries for milk, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it sees its mommy, it's hungry, you know, I don't want milk. If it's weaned, it's going to be still. It's not, it's not demanding that milk all the time, right? Mm-hmm. He says, I'm calming and quieting my soul like weaning a child. 
Mm-hmm. Right? So my soul can be still. Three, O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Let's put our hope in the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Worship the Lord. All right? He's going from his own soul to all of the people of God. And he says, this is the way to do it. This is the way to hope in the Lord. All right. And then, let's see. I didn't highlight that one this time. 133, I highlighted also the whole thing. Can you handle it? It's, uh, again, three verses. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. So this one is, uh, the last one was about our individual soul and our dealing with ourselves and the work of the enemy versus the work of God internally within each one of us. Mm-hmm. This one talks about, also of David, the people of God coming together as one family. Mm-hmm. Right? One unified family. That is God's purpose. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. So oil represents this anointing, this blessing of God, right? Mm-hmm. Who's it on? Aaron, the high priest, right? It, running down on his robes of righteousness, his robes of holiness, right? Mm-hmm. That is this picture, this high priest, this anointing, this righteousness and holiness. Mm-hmm. This comes about by the sons of God, the brothers dwelling mm-hmm. together in unity, being a one unified family of God, right? Three, it is like the dew of Hermon, like the wisdom of Hermon, right? Mm-hmm. The fresh, the dew, what is dew? Fresh new day. Mm-hmm. It's a new way, a new life, right? Which falls on the mountains of Zion. The people of God, the holy place, the mountain we must ascend in order to enter into the presence of God, right? Mm-hmm. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore, eternal life in this place, this place of ascending out of the ways of the world into the ways of God, into his holy, his Eden, his kingdom, his throne room, as a people unified together in his ways in his love and his wisdom, right? His new life. All right, well, that's all I had today. Do you have anything else? No. God bless you. Yeah, God bless you.